0: Welcome to another edition of Matt House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. Just finished up my finals. I wanted to kinda of get that all squared away before I drop this episode. Kinda of glad it worked out like that because I gotta I got to kinda of take a step back and see everybody overreact right after the NBA playoff games. And so now I kinda of a different understanding or a different perspective. So we're going to break this thing down series by series so that it's not too confusing. We currently have eight teams remaining in the playoffs. We have the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Boston Celtics, the 76ers playing the Toronto Raptors, the Golden State Warriors who are playing the Houston Rockets, and the Portland Trailblazers who are playing the Denver Nuggets. As far as the Bucks versus Celtics series, Milwaukee leads the series three games to one. All they have to do is win one more game because, as you know, in the playoffs, it's, always, it's the best team. The was it? It can be up to seven games, but it's just the team that wins fourth the first. The Bucs just need one more win, and the series is over. I think the Celtics kind of are in a hole tonight, so they might be able to crawl their way out of the hole tonight. Maybe, maybe not, but as I think as far as the series, it's not if the Milwaukee Bucks will win the series, it's when they will, which game will finish that off. The Greek freak in this series has definitely shown he's a force to be reckoned with. Obviously, this season he did too. I'm pretty sure he'll be an MVP. He will be the MVP of the league. But I think from this point, people are starting to realize that how it used to be was that, what they used to say, the path to the finals through the East used to run through Cleveland. Well, now it's like that with Milwaukee. And I think it's going to be like that for a long period of time because the Greek freak has also said on multiple occasions that how he feels is that he'd rather build something special in Milwaukee versus go be traded to a team like a lot of guys do now and be like the final puzzle piece. So I think he's there to stay for a little while. This is definitely unfortunate for every other team in the East. Now, as far as those Boston Celtics go, it's kind of clear to me that while Kyrie Irving is an elite player, that he's just not gonna fit well into this system that Boston runs. Cause see, this system Boston runs is is Danny Ames system. It's kind of get everybody involved. It's really built for younger players and even older players are super unselfish. Not saying that Kyrie is, but his style of play is more so ISO basketball. And this series is not real. I mean, not this series, but this system is really built for ISO guys. Now he has been able to work in it a little bit, but in order for him to kind of unlock his full his full game, he kind of has to be with player other players in the system that kind of understands this. That is why I'm hoping that he takes his talents to L. A. with LeBron, because LeBron, you know, for kind of part two of him and LeBron, LeBron kind of understands his style of play, and he actually kind of welcomes it. He loved it in Cleveland. I mean, of course, LeBron's passive aggressive at times, but who isn't? I think Kyrie. It kind of this was an example. He like went to saw where he thought he wanted to be like his own team and stuff. But in all reality, he's like, nah, bro. I now he's thinking, you know, playing with LeBron wasn't that bad. Not to mention, who wouldn't want to be in L. A. Kyrie likes doing like movies and things of that nature. All that is done in L.A., so now you don't have to fly out there. You're just there. You're just a car ride over. And, you know, he's built for that limelight as far as playing in L.A. with the media and things of that nature. Now, he hasn't been handling the media particularly well in Boston, but whenever you're handling media with LeBron, it's a little bit different. LeBron kind of takes the bullets. So I hope that he ends up in L.A. I'm hearing a lot that... He could potentially play with the Brooklyn, with the Brooklyn Nets. A little fun fact, Brooklyn Nets playing Barclays or Barclays Arena. Jay-Z did. I don't think he does anymore because of his sports agency, but he did on a fifth of Barclays Arena. So that's a little tidbit. But there was norms that he might be heading there, that they are the favorite. I feel like there's a better chance he plays with the Knicks than the Brooklyn Nets, but well, you know, the New York Knicks who play at Madison Square Garden. But we'll see what happens there. I'm really hoping he goes to rejoins LeBron in LA. Switching gears to the 76ers and Raptors series, Toronto leads this series three games to two. The last game was kind of embarrassing for the 76ers. They lost with a final score of 8,900 to 125. At one point in this series, they were down, at one point in that game, the last game, they were down by 40, which is kind of embarrassing. Jimmy Butler and Tobias, was Tobias Harris, uh, played well. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid didn't play great at all. You kind of need your best players to excel in the biggest moments. Ben Simmons being one, had only seven points against Toronto on Tuesday in the playoffs. Think about that, y'all. We have like stars that are getting 25, 30, 35, even 40, 45, I think, for Kawhi at one point in a game, and he has seven. That has to improve in order for them to have a chance. Usually, though, Ben can't score. He's a really good. I don't think he's an assist. He's really good at getting assists, but not in this case. He's actually had more turnover than assists, so that has to improve if they want a shot at coming back in the series and winning it. Many think that Ben is kind of like a, it's a, this narrative going around that Ben is like an average player once you get cross half court, like in a slow moving game, because it's not because, you know, he's really good at the assists like in transition and things of that nature. And obviously layups, that's kind of what he is, a huge point guard. But when you take that out of it, and you slow that game down, he really struggles. I think it's okay. Like I said, this might be true right now, but he's young in the league. He has a lot of time to grow, so I feel like he you, you've yet to see who he will become. But one thing that blows my mind is how in the world did he play basketball all of his life and nobody ever really like sat him down and was like, yo, we're going to work on this jumper. Because if he was, he was so strong in so many other categories, unless this thing is kind of started later towards like when he got to the league, it's like that, that makes no sense to me. Not to mention basketball is such a, crucial part of shooting is such a cruding part of the basketball. So, I don't know. I need an explanation on that. But now to the other superstars. We're not going to put it all on Ben Simmons. And B has to get... A lot of people don't know. He has to get five to six treatments per before the game. That takes time. So, think about because you can't get him like right back to back to back. Well, at least... I wouldn't think you would because there could potentially be complications. But, you know, you gotta have a whole staff for that. But anyway, whole purpose of me saying that was because Ben Simmons has been sick a lot. And I think that's due to him, I think, rape. One of the ESPN uh, ladies brought this to my attention. Because if he's not getting him out of sleep, his body's not able to fight off, first of all, you know, just like rebuild. Because that's what sleep does. And also to fight off that bacteria and things of that nature. And so now he's he's been sick, I think, sick, I think two or three games in this series alone. And so I don't know how his nutrition slash, slash his health staff slash physical therapy, how they're going to work that out. But I'm sure that's already in the works so that he could be at the peak every single game because he has been playing particularly well. And that's really affecting this team being if both of their star players are playing to the highest caliber that they possibly could. And the worst thing about it, it was nowadays with this in this media circuit, they don't we don't really care. Weave, they ever gonna say that? Don't really care about how you're sick because see, Jordan kind of knocked that barrier down whenever he had the flu game. It's kind of like I think Shaquille O'Neal said, you know, he's a former NBA star. He said whenever you step on that court, it's about. We we feel that when you step on that court you're at 100 percent and if, if even if you're not you got to play through it that's kind of part of being professional. It's kind of unfortunate, but it's just kind of kind of what comes with the territory of being an NBA superstar. And you know, as the old expression goes, "Much is given, much is required." Now, moving on to this Rockets and Warriors series. It is so good. Like, this is series is can't-miss basketball. It's like a physical old style. Uh, a lot of shoot, It's a lot of three-point shooting, star players all over the court. Think Chris Paul, James Harden, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond, the whole, you know, go-to-state lineup, star players, starting lineup. So, it's just a lot of star players running around. Okay, also a little side note here if I really dive into that. So on Facebook Watch, Steph Curry has a series called Stephan versus The Game. You should check it out. It kind of shows his backstory of like how he got to the league. It's really interesting. I think his uh, producing team, whoever do, took part in it, did a really good job. Check that series out. It's on Facebook Watch. But back to this series as a total... Uh, the Warriors began the series, winning both games at home. Then the Rockets took the series back, winning their next two at home. So now the series is tied two to two. A wise person once said that the series never really lost until you win- The series never really starts until you win a game on the road, and that's kind of happening here. So it's like we're still waiting on this thing to really get started. With that being said, it is two out- for now on. It's two out of three. So the next team to win two games in this series, it goes to seven. If it goes to Game Seven, the next team to win two games. Ends the series. And a little side note, something to keep in the back of your mind if it does indeed go to game seven, Golden State will have the home court advantage. Clay has really struggled. Uh, Clay has really struggled during game four. Steph was a little struggled a little bit during game four, like the middle portion, but definitely during game three. And so, one thing that you've been noticing is Kevin Durant has really been keeping this team afloat. As a matter of fact, I was watching either game three or game four, and it kind of seemed to me he was only making shots. Everybody else was just missing them. So, Kind of just going to show you how big of a player he's becoming in this series is really showing it. I mean, obviously, he was already a great player, but, you know, now he's in the top three. A lot of people are saying he's between him, you know, LeBron and um, Giannis and James Harden as far as the best and Kawhi Leonard as far as the best players in the league. I'll never understand for the life of me how he got that wide open on that three-point shot in the game. Like, of all guys to defend, I'd make sure he couldn't beat me. At this point, might even a little bit more than Steph because Steph has been off for, you know, that the vast majority. Or, and, you know, Klay was pretty much off the whole entire last game. So, I don't know how he got that wide open. So, when I saw him take the shot, it took me back to, like, the kid in the gym late at night. Barely, you know, one light on. You got to make a full commercial scene. The one light on. He's just working on the shot. You know, he says a three, two, one, and put it up. That's what I thought of when I saw him take the shot. Unfortunately, Kevin Durant did miss it, but it definitely reminded me of the moment. I will tell you one thing though. What's it, Gordon? Eric Gordon, James Harden have not been missing many at all. Gordon's really come on. He's been like, you know, he's been pretty good this whole season. But he's really come on. And you know, they say they say that the stars are made during the playoffs. So it's like, okay, make, come make a star yourself. You know, James Harden with the step backs and then all the buckets and just making it look easy. One thing I was thinking about, this man doing all this with a red eye, and he said that he was able to really see, I think it was before last game, he said he, hadn't been really, he hasn't really been able to see, but it does not look like any, any of his shooting or, like, it has not his game at all. So I'm like, how does that impact your regular life? But in basketball, maybe the adrenaline, but at the same time, this ain't like a leg injury. This is like seeing, I don't know. I don't know how that's working out, but he's making it happen. Uh, the Rockets are definitely one of the b- best teams when it comes to playing the Warriors. They kind of have their number here. We'll see if they can pull it off. One thing I've also noticed, I don't know if y'all see Iman Shumpert. Sometimes he looks nervous. As a matter of fact, the reason I stopped playing basketball was because I used to get nervous in the games. When you watch him play, sometimes I see him like do a little pass. And he goes way out of bounds, and it's just like the whole crowd is like, come on, Iman!" I think he's nervous, too. I'm not 110% sure. I, I'm not 110% sure, but... I could be wrong, but I think he's a little bit nervous out there. But that's okay, as long, as long as he plays his part. Even some of his threes are going in, though. That was the whole reason I brought it up. So this team is really flourishing right now. And, you know, Houston has some momentum now that they have won the, the last two. So it be interesting to see what takes place tonight. Now, with that being said, the Trailblazers and Nuggets are the last series we're going to talk about the uh, Nuggets are up three 3-2. Damian Lillard really blew up in the mind of the media in the OKC series. Uh, the OK, yeah, the OKC series. But the young Nuggets are really giving him in the Portland Trailblazers a hard time right now. This Nuggets team is really young and talented. Jokic, who is a 7-foot, 250-pound center from Serbia, is really leading this team. And the whole team kind of runs through him to an extent. And the numbers he's putting up is kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, it's what you would expect from an NBA superstar in, in, in uh, the playoffs. But it's just kind of crazy to me how he's keeping this team afloat. Like, the Nuggets probably wouldn't even – they could potentially. But, one I can say, they wouldn't even be a playoff team without him. But that just kind of shows how valuable he is. He's averaging 25 points and 8 assists per game. Uh, they shoot 20, 62% from inside the three-point line. Is averaging 10 rebounds a game. Now, the rebound stuff, you kind of expect that because he's 7 feet tall. But at the same time, there's a lot of 7 feet tall guys in the NBA. So – Take that into consideration. He's a really good player, and as he continues to emerge, that team's going to be really dangerous. It's also crazy because, you know, I think Isaiah yeah, Isaiah Thomas plays for the Nuggets. You know, you haven't really heard or seen anything from him in a minute, so that's I'm kind of worried. Not worried, but it's just interesting, and I want to know uh, where's he going to go. I really would like to see him go to maybe like a small market like Orlando and be like become that star player that he was at one point. Maybe he's not 100% healthy yet, I thought he was. But I'd love to see him go to like a smaller market team and be the guy. Kind of like Victor Oladipo Depot in Indiana. Cause I, you know, he was a really great player. This man was an MVP running like three years ago. And now I don't think he even touches the floor anymore. But these NBA playoffs have been really interesting. I expect them to continue to be so. I cannot wait to figure out who will be eliminated who will play in the conference championship games, and who will make it to the finals. Hopefully with this information, you have more of an understanding of what is really going on in these playoffs. That's it for this episode of Sport House. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up on Twitter, at MattTheChosenOne. That's three T's and Matt the, and then the number one at the end. Make sure you listen out for the next week's, po- po- uh, week's episode slash podcast. Thanks for listening.